Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area, Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who has covered the NBA for over two decades. It's time now for the TK Show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. We've had some technology issues. We've worked through them. I'm working alone as a, my own producer. What a perfect time to do that, but we've, we've figured it out. And I'm very glad to have on as my guest has been on my show many times via phone, not not our normal hookup via Zoom. So if it sounds a little different, that is your your little clue there. But no matter what, I'm just so glad to have on as my guest. It's Joe Lake of owner of the Warriors. Joe, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, pretty good. You had a little some technical problems and I uh, was getting flustered. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't usually happen. Uh, so we'll just have to do this the old fashioned way. Just figure it out. We'll, we'll we'll just say good things, and it won't matter how it sounds and how what, how we're doing that technology. But Joe, I definitely got to ask. Uh, haven't really talked to you uh, at length since the end of last season. Uh, certainly was an eventful off season, Joe. As you sit here, late August, almost <laughs> September, uh, training camp coming up in a little bit. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you feeling generally about what happened this off season, and as you head into the regular head into training camp, at least. Well. Uh, Tim, uh, obviously it's been a, uh, there, were, there was a lot going into the end of the season that we had to process and deal with and, and uh, get ready for this season. And sort of, uh, we got a lot done. Uh, I think we we're very successful in terms of what we we're trying to do uh, and uh, getting ready to, you know, still a little early in August. There's no basketball other than the world championships going on. But uh, I think in another month, we'll start to ramp this thing up. What, as you look back on it, uh, did you have, I mean, you know, your basketball folks, but just you kind of overseeing everything. Did you have a goal in mind on kind of what needed to be done this offseason? Well, obviously, um, we had the Draymond contract, which we had to deal with. Um, and uh, obviously, we had to get our, 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 our team together, structure, think how, what our plan was going to be. Um, and, you know, it could have gone a couple of different ways, obviously. So we considered all the options and um, you know, made, as you know, a, a move to acquire Chris Paul and, and trade Jordan Poole, which was not necessarily something we were particularly considering doing before, but that's how it worked out. You know, we always look at all the options and decide where we want to get to and uh, see how we can get there. And that's, that's what we did. So, you know, we've, uh, we've got a plan now. We've got most of our roster put together. I think we have one open spot. Uh, and I think 
honestly, I feel very, very uh, optimistic, very positive about where we're sitting. We have a, our core is still together. And uh, we have added an all-timer, you know, a Hall of Famer in Chris Paul. Uh, yes, he's 38 years old. Um, by traditional basketball standards, uh, a bit older. But he's still a really good player. And uh, I think you add him and his experience to uh, the group. Um, we have the emergence of our younger players, which are, are still here. You know, a, a couple of the core guys and Jonathan and uh and Moses, and I think that year, year three is usually a big step year for these young guys, so we're uh, hopeful that that happens with, for them this year. And I think the, the overall mix uh, with a couple of free agents, Dario Saric, uh, we're excited about that. I think we're going to have a very interesting team. So we're, we're pretty excited. What, what, what the first reaction to Chris Paul, of course, knowing the battles he's had with the Warriors, knowing that it w- wasn't always lovey-dovey, which is fine. It's co- competition, but he's certainly a name that you know, Warriors fans have have liked, you know, have enjoyed hating, uh, just to, to, to use a word there. Uh, when it was first raised to you, Joe, did that strike you as a little weird to be bringing Chris Paul into this situation after all the battles you've had with him in the past? Uh, sure. Um, you know, I like a lot of our fans. I'm a fan, too. And as I always say, and like a lot of our fans, I mean, Chris Paul, when I first heard that and thought about it, uh, it was like, really? <laughs> Seems... Um, seems highly unlikely we would do that but um the more we thought about it the more we considered our options um the more we realized hey he's a great player though he's always made other people better um he hasn't won a championship maybe he can do that with our group it would be a hell of a storybook uh ending of his career or near ending if uh he was able to do that with us so you know we kind of uh, warmed to the idea and the more we processed it the more we thought it was it really made sense at least for the short to intermediate term um, certainly longer term, I'm not going to deny, uh, we did go up, give up a, a great asset in Jordan Poole, who probably has a decade or so yet left to play in this league and is probably going to just get better. So I think we were going short-term versus long-term on this, but for a lot of different reasons, um, both, you know, basketball reasons and financial reasons, I think it just made sense to do it. I don't imagine that you're going to name a starting lineup, but with Chris Paul kind of just saying, you know, I, no, no one's told me I'm not starting. Uh, I guess, do you just kind of chalk that that's typically what you would expect from a competitor like him? Uh, and do you imagine that, you know, this is going to be an easy decision that could, could you see him, you know, as a starter? Could you, what do you, where do you envision his role with his team? Well, Tim, I, I think it's so funny. This gets sort of mentioned all the time and uh, look, uh, that's for the coaching staff and the players to figure out. Um, all we do is just try to give, put the best talent together. Uh, that we can every year try to win championships. And uh, we added a great talent to the team. And whether he starts or comes off the bench is up to him and the team and team chemistry and all that. Um, uh, you know, my guess is it probably is a, a combination of the, of the two. Um, and uh, and um, it, it, it might be that he's starting sometimes and not starting the other time. Maybe that's what happens. I don't really know. Um, I think that'll all get figured out in, I mean, we've said this, but no one wants to accept that answer. It all gets figured out in training camp. Yeah, and guys don't start every game. Even the starters don't start it. So, so, so there will certainly be opportunities, I'm sure, for for several people to start games. Yeah, exactly. Joe, it does bring you to. I mean, my, according to my what I understand is that your payroll commitments, counting luxury tax, are going to be about four hundred million dollars, and that is a number that you have. Uh, 
scoffed at in the past that you couldn't go to 400. There's no way you could go to 400. Uh, was that just a natural progression? Did you have to be convinced that 400 was all right? Or sometimes I know you, you're the one who's like, okay, we can go to 400. Let's go. Let's go. Well, how, how did that whole, the, the, the total number kind of come to be for you guys this season? Well, I think the number is a little higher than that, actually. Okay. Higher than 400 um, then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that wasn't the plan. I'm not going to tell you it was the plan. It wasn't. Um, but again, we want to win. And right now, uh, look, our core players are, are getting older. We don't know how long they're going to be able to play at this level, hopefully for a while. But uh, I think we have to maximize that opportunity. This was, you know, something we, we had an opportunity to, to add Chris. It was going to cost us a little more money uh, in the short run. Um, and I think we just decided it was something we were, we were willing to do because we felt it was worth it. Um, somehow I seem to make that decision every time that way. <laughs> um, it, it isn't, a, it wasn't planned to be that way, but, um, I will say that from on a longer term basis, you know, we, what this move does do as you, it's been reported and I think people understand it. It gives us some optionality going forward. Um, and I don't know how long Chris is going to play. Uh, I don't know. I don't exactly what will happen here next year, but, it looks like, you know, we could be in a better position financially long-term. So short-term higher, maybe long-term, not as high. Um, and, you know, we'll just, to some extent, this is a year by year league at this point. And you kind of have to, when you have a chance to win, you got to go for it. And so we did the best thing that we thought we could do by, and this is, this is, this is going for it. Um, so we'll see what happens. You imagine though, is it a definite goal to be under the second apron next summer? Well, look, it is very penal to, um, as everyone knows, to, uh, to be above it. And I think our goal would be to be under it. Yes. Um, because we, you know, it's, you just lose too many options in terms of constructing your roster draft choices and, and a variety of things. So it's just, it, it is very difficult, um, to contemplate, uh, not being under it, but look, it's year by year thing. And, We'll see what happens. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, I don't know how much you'll talk about, but the Chris Paul contract is potentially pretty tradable. I mean, there are the, the, you could be going for something big, right? I mean, I know you guys, you always think big is, is in, in just generally in your mind, like, hey, this could be turned into a major player in the future. Well, I, again, there's a lot of possibilities. Remember, I use the word optionality. I think this gives us optionality. I'm referring to what you're referring to in his contract, but I don't think our goal, frankly, is to trade Chris Paul away or do something with that contract. We like the idea of having Chris Paul on our team and we're excited about it. So let's see what happens and uh, how it works and, and how successful we are. And we'll take it from there. You mentioned Dr signing Draymond. Uh, I asked this at Dunleavy. I'll ask this of you point blank. Did at some point, did it come down to, Draymond or Jordan Poole, we, we know what happened last training camp. Uh, I, I know you're doing this based on what you see and there's evidence and things that happen, but did it at some point come down to that going into the future, just choosing between one of those two guys? I mean, I, I don't want to say absolutely that's true. There probably was, I think it's fair to say that there was some level of a concern going forward, whether that was going to 
be something that would work out. But to be honest with you, I think it would have worked out and could have worked out. Um, but I think, you know, it, it is fair to say that in order to make uh, the team for this next year, in order to make the numbers work and so on, uh, someone probably was going to be the odd man out. And uh, it just turned out, uh, and it wasn't planned, that it, it was, it was uh, Jordan. And I really think Jordan's a great player, and I, I think we're going to miss him. Um, I know he had a tough playoff, but he actually had a pretty good year, you know, 20 points a game, not easy to do in the NBA. And uh, so it just turned out that way. We were able to get something back that we thought near term could really help us and make us better. And, um, and that helped us, as I said, financially in the books to give us optionality. So it wasn't that they couldn't play together. I, I mean, I'm certainly, everyone knows Chronicle, well chronicled what the issues were during the course of the year, but my guess is they would have worked that out if we uh, went forward and did something different. And they were still, and Jordan was still here and Draymond was still here. Now trading Jordan, I'm not going to, you know, I will say the words two timelines, but I know that's kind of, you know, that's not the issue here, but you have given up James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, and, you know, we'll throw Patrick Baldwin, another first round pick in there over the last six months. Um, is there some concern about what happens at the end of this era? I mean, you know, who, you have mentioned you don't want, you know, you don't want to happen to happen to the Bulls where Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen move on and they go through, you know, a lot of years of not great basketball. Uh, you've given up some of the pieces that would have, you you know, could have been standard bears for that next era. Is there some concern that this is might be a little bit of a drastic move from one era to another? No, I don't really look at it that way. I don't think we look at it that way at all. Um, I think that the Jordan thing is a very specific situation this year, um, this trade, and we got Chris Paul back. So, you know, he's a pretty damn good player. So I think we're looking at being better this year, okay, uh, because of that move. Now, the Wiseman thing, which happened during the course of last year, obviously we had high hopes for him, and he got pretty unlucky. Things, you know, whether it's his fault, our fault, you can all sit here and postulate and say, but the truth is it just, you know, it didn't kind of work out all that well, just like it didn't with the 49ers. I was going to say that. And, uh, and, you know, I know you probably bring that up later because there are a lot of similarities, I guess. But, um, you know, it just didn't work out. He was, there was a lot of pressure on the kid. He was injured a lot. Um, and we just felt, again, we made a decision. It's not about two timelines or not two timelines. It's about what was going to work for us uh, to, to, to uh, be the best we can be. We still have, uh, amongst younger players, Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, we just drafted two more young uh, players we're very excited about. So, yeah, we, a few are not here and some others are here. Um, we're really not that much different in terms of youth and exper versus experience. We've still got youth. And by the way, the, it's not about two timelines. It, there's no such thing in my mind. Teams that are have won in the past, very old, all old teams, you know, everybody 35 years old, something like they don't win. And all very young teams with tons of talent don't usually win. You have to have some combination. There has to be some emerging young youth coming into the, you know, the program and they do their thing and then the veterans do their thing. And so we're a believer that it's more about overall roster, uh, in constructing a roster that makes sense. And it usually involves having some older guys and some younger guys, some experience, some non-experience. I mean, that's generally the case, in fact. And I think going forward, we still have a lot of youth on the team uh, that we're developing. So 
yeah, some of the names have changed. Um, we can sit here and say, oh, that didn't work out. And that's probably fair uh, in some cases. Uh, and in some cases, it, uh, it's working out. So I don't think it's so absolute as some would perhaps suggest. Well, you mentioned uh, the Fortnite situation. I know how much you follow that team. You, you had to be struck by the similarities from what they just went through with Trey Lance uh, and what you guys went with James. But, you know, I, I try not to make direct comparisons because sports are different and players are different and people are different. But, Joe, did you kind of go watch the Lance thing and kind of go, yeah, I, I kind of know what that well, feels like? Yeah. I mean, uh, it is. I mean, we can't sit here and deny it. It has some similarities, no question. I think both were traded in year three, right? Yep. Um, if I got that correct. right. You are correct. And uh, both were, you know, you had the second pick in the draft, the third pick in the draft, and, uh, you know, clearly both sustained injuries at very bad times in their development uh, and missed kind of a whole year or close to it. So it's very unfortunate um, for whatever reasons. You know, circumstances do dictate uh, success in a career sometimes it's it's not always just about the talent I mean sometimes it's the circumstances and the team you're with and the timing of for that team and who the other players are on that team and uh, salary structures and there's all kinds of things that enter into it but yeah there's a lot of similarity I couldn't help but notice I just say maybe generally it's just really hard for a young player to develop in a win now situation would you think that's a conclusion to make from these two situations I think it's that's too simple. Um, I think there's some truth to that. That's a fair um, statement, but I think it's more complicated than that. You know, it's as I said, a set of circumstances, very specific. Unfortunately, in both cases, these guys had major injuries in year two. Actually, uh, even in year one, they had issues, both of them, um, either injuries or COVID or something like that. So. Uh, it just there's a lot of similarities and and it just you know unfortunately in sports these days we just don't always have the long lead time and pathway uh, to wait uh, for every player to develop uh, maybe maybe these guys go somewhere else and become great somewhere else I mean it's possible plays contract is coming up this season uh, I I think you've said there have been no you know talks about an extension I I fully believe I've written that there's no real reason for either side to do it until the end of next season. But Joe, do you have every expectation that Clay Thompson will be here after next season? I do. Um, look, uh, we're, 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 we've had some very brief discussions at this point um, uh, with his agent, um, but they're very, very early. Um, I think we're all still adjusting to figuring out what our, uh, financial situation is our cap situation and they're gonna of course from the player side uh, logically have to assess what the free agent market might be because you know they earn the right to, have to be free agents if they play out their contract and they have to look and see what options they might have and so I think there's a little bit of that you know perhaps dance going on at this point but I fully expect that we'll have some substantial uh, discussions uh, soon you know sometime and um, we'll see if we can't put something together that uh, allows Clay to be here for a long time, which we clearly would like him to be. Uh, I don't want to neg do negotiating. I don't even know which side I'd be on here in this one, but 
you had you did drop Draymond down. You know, he took a decrease in salary. Understand with the long term money, but there was a decrease. Andrew Wiggins, there's a decrease. Would I just think it seems natural with Clay at the number that he's at that there would be an assumption that there would be a pretty significant decrease for him if you do do a deal, let's say before the season. I can't really comment on that at this point. Um, I think we're still trying to figure all that out, and they're trying to figure all that out. You know, every situation is unique. Um, on certain teams, you know, maybe they've got cap space and they can do certain things. Um, on our, with our team, we're always fighting against the, the top. You know, we've always, we're way up there in terms of salary and trying to uh, get below a certain number that we can afford because there is, there's a limit uh, for every team uh, for the salary structure. Um, maybe ours is higher than others uh, or has been, but um, we're always facing some of that. And so we have to take that into consideration and, as you know, the uh, the rules changed a little bit in terms of the the cap and the uh, the second apron you brought up earlier and the implications and ramifications of all that. So there's sort of a lot to take into account to to figure all that out. But look, it's August and uh, we have plenty of time to to work all this out. And um, uh, you know, his contract doesn't expire until next year, and we love him, and I know he knows we love him, and. We're going to try to do something and keep him here for the rest of his career. There's another person whose contract does expire uh, next after next season. That's Steve Kerr. Uh, Joe, I mean, you know, coaches start getting into lame duck situations might get a little awkward. I don't know that it would for him, but it could. Uh, Bob Myers, you know, got in that situation last year. Uh, do you, you expect that there would be an extension sign with Steve Kerr before the beginning of this coming season? Well, I got about 30 days, I guess, of not talking about all this from mid July to mid August. Yes, we talk about yes, <laughs> yes. I'm very aware. I left it alone. <laughs> I was trying to enjoy my summer. You get me talking about all this. Um, you know, Steve is pretty busy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, I think I'm winning. He's winning. He's winning ball games. Yes. yes. He's, he's off doing that. And, and frankly, we're all taking a little time to, uh, you know, get ready for next year. So, uh, we have started to talk with his people, uh, again, same as kind of the clay situation, but very early, um, there's plenty of time. Uh, again, Steve is just like clay. We want Steve to be here for a long time. He's hall of fame coach. Um, we really value him and, um, I'm sure we'll be able to work out something, uh, that's fair to both sides. Let me talk about your new general manager, Mike Dunleavy Jr. Uh, you know, he's been around, you know him, he knows the team. I, I really felt that like this wasn't a newbie general manager running his, you know, it was his first off season general manager, but it felt like he'd been in it for a while. Did you get that feel from him? I, I assume you were checking and I assume you were very involved in this. Uh, what was your sense of the way Dunleavy hired to uh, handle this off season? I thought he was really great. Um, I thought he jumped right in he didn't have any time to the training we've had to come off really fast <laughs> uh, there was a lot to do for for me and us and for him and uh we i think really we processed a lot of things and did a great job in the draft um free agency uh trade um and he was you know integrally involved in all of that um i think he did a great job he is a tremendously collaborative person which is what we've learned over the last, you know, four or five years since he's been with our organization and why he was here and ready to take the jump. 
uh, to this new role if something ever were to happen. We didn't expect it to happen, but it did with Bob. And um, so <clears throat> I think he hit the ground running. He's, he's got a great group that uh, he has to work with. Um, everybody from Kirk, who has 13 years, uh, going on 14 years of experience doing this now in all levels. Uh, he's a pretty experienced guy. And he's got other people, Larry Harris in the organization and scouting and uh, Ansi, uh, who runs our cap and stuff. And, and, you know, we've just got a really good group. I don't want to forget anybody, but, and I think uh, the great thing about Mike is he's, he's so collaborative and so uh, great to work with. Everyone felt that way when I was talking with him about this change that we might make. And it's just proven right off the bat to be the case. And here's a great new addition. I like to play golf mm -hmm. and just Steph Curry had his uh, Monday, his uh, eat, learn, play, uh, charity tournament on Monday. And, um, I, I played with Mike in that and, uh, I love Bob, but he didn't play golf. I wish he played <laughs> golf. No. <laughs> Fatal flaw for that guy. I'm joking, around, I'm joking around a little bit here, but you know, in all, Mike's a great guy. Fits in great. We're really, really excited and lucky to have him. And I don't think we're as great as, as great as Bob Myers was and the great job that he did over 12 years. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to miss a beat here. Uh, you mentioned Kirk as you know, more on the track to replace you, not to be the next general manager. Do you still see that? Uh, I know Kirk has a, a lot of input in, on, in everything, and I know he had a lot of input, like I think maybe even on the Chris Paul trade, on, on other various things that have happened recently and in the past. But do you still see kind of Kirk on that track as the owner to be, or do you see something else for him? Well, you know, Kirk and Kent, Kent's been here on his ninth year. Mm. Um, and they both are integrally involved um, in a lot of things we do, you know, everything on the basketball side and some on the business side. And they're learning, have been learning over the years. They've had a, this isn't like a two-year crash course or some guys, they're, they're both in their 30s. Um, so they're, you know, they're becoming and have become quite experienced as a part of the group that helps collectively to make all these decisions. And that's how we function. And is Kirk, uh, I don't know, I'm not going anywhere. So it could be uh, a Kirk and Kirk or Kirk and Kent, or it could be, you know, we'll figure that out. We've got a great business side running this organization. Brandon Schneider has, you know, people don't talk about that too much, but he replaced a, a legend in Rick Welts and has done a phenomenal job there. So we've got a great now pretty young uh, overall management team, which is really the interesting thing about uh, this place now. Uh, Kirk is 35, and uh, Mike Dunleavy, I think, is 42, if I remember correctly. Sounds about right. Yep. And yeah, and Brandon Schneider is like 40, early 40s as well. So we've got a great uh, young group of business and basketball executives that are, you know, have learned a lot over the years. They've been all been here a long time, but they're continuing to get better, and um, our culture will continue and someday i won't be around uh i understand what you're saying hopefully that's a long time from now uh okay uh who's the greatest point guard ever steph curry or magic johnson joe wow um, <laughs> well he brought it up well he was asking he, he wow put this, put this um, into the news uh in the news cycle i know i read it tim um look i think uh I think the truth is they are two of the greatest, if not the two greatest. And that's a big statement because there's been some great point guards, but uh, Magic Johnson, I don't know. There'll ever be anybody quite like him. I mean, six, nine point guard, incredible uh, ball handler, uh, 
passer, uh, you know, a good scorer, but that wasn't really his forte, right? Um, Steph Curry, on the other hand, revolutionized the game completely, you know, with the long shot. And um, is also a great team leader. Uh, you know, both of them were good team leaders, but Steph is just, this is what really sets him apart in my mind. He's such an incredible human being, such a great face for our organization uh, overall that, you know, we're all so proud of and to have him be in that role. So, it, you know, I get asked that question all the time. You just could, could you have a better face for an organization? No, you probably can't. You probably can't. He's, he's historically great in that regard. So you have to include that as far as when you're analyzing these two things. They're both great. I, I don't know how you can make a choice. Both, you know, what did Magic win? Five titles? Yeah, I believe so, yeah. I think and Steph has four. We're going to get the fifth this year. Oh, you're, and, uh, you're marking that one down? <laughs> Mark it down, everybody. Wow. And, uh, and if not this year, next. Um, <laughs> but, you know, look, they're both great. I don't know who's greater. I, I, man, you should be so lucky. Anyone should be lucky to have either one of them. They're incredible. Well, you bring up the leadership. I mean, Steph, we all know it, but Steph in that speech to the team or the statement to the team before game seven, uh, you know, you got, everyone's got to get ready for this. We got to do it now. You know, we got to, you know, be really, really into this. And and maybe the body language hasn't been great. You weren't at the meeting, but you saw the result. We saw the 50 point game from Steph. I, I guess that would, does that resonate throughout a franchise and maybe even affect some things you think like, well, he's still the guy like, right. I mean, there can be no decision about moving off of this era because this guy's so still so great. I mean, I told Steph the last few years, I said to him, I said, you need to be Tom Brady. (laughs) What I meant by that was, you know, Tom Brady, an incredibly long career at a high, high level. Like it never happened before. And obviously we would love for Steph to be the equivalent in basketball. I don't think anyone can predict that. Um, You know, father time certainly, wins that on the basis of odds but um he is an incredibly well conditioned athlete and uh he he looked great this last year i i have no doubt he's going to be great again this year and he'll turn 36 this year i mean by historical standards that's pretty pretty up there but who knows i mean maybe he can continue on like this for a number of more years yet we just don't know and one thing he has that will never go away right that incredible shooting i mean even if he couldn't do quite the same things later on in his career, he's still going to be always be able to shoot that ball at a, you know, world-class level. So I don't know. I I mean, I I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, Right now we're going to ride it and see how far we can go. We've got a a Steph Clay and Draymond are here. We've got a great supporting cast. Um, Andrew Wiggins. Don't, don't forget him. I mean, he's a hell of a player. Kevon Looney's turned into a hell of a player. Chris Paul's a legend. Um, we've got a couple of young guys that we really like. We brought in some Dario Sarge, who I think is going to add a lot to this team. And we just, you know, we feel very hopeful about this this season. Well, you mentioned to me in the past, you mentioned to a lot of people about you just love that one Lakers statistic. I know, you know, you are fascinated by Lakers as we all are. The Jerry Buss ownership when it owned what thirty three years and made it to sixteen finals. You you really love that stat. Uh, I think you're what I do. Six six finals in 13 years? Is that correct? I think that's what you are. Yes, and I think I'm percentage points below him now. Yes, you are. You are. I mean, that's hard, so, man. Uh, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, that oh, is ridiculous. it's incredibly enough. hard. And all, all joking aside, I mean, I obviously like to set goals and 
and uh, and uh, for myself and for our organization. I, I'm not I'm not going to shy away from that, and I don't think we ever should. I mean, why do this if you're not going to aim high? So, look, that's a goal for me as a leader of an organization to try to to match. I don't know that that's possible, quite frankly, in the modern you know in this era. Uh, it's just going to be harder and harder to do that, I think. But we've done pretty well, six finals in 13 years. And the key will be, you know, over the next several years, as you pointed out, can we keep our guys who are really good but getting older healthy? Can we supplement them properly, um, get a few breaks here and there, and continue to hopefully try to get some more finals? It's 33 years is a, is a long, great run for Jerry Buss. That's all I'll point out. And, and incredible. Um, and incredible players. Like, you know, just the, the, the team that had – you know, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, and then Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant, yeah. Paul Gasol. I mean, it's just that that is the history there. Well, in order to do what he did, you, you're going to have to have more than one great uh, dynasty or era. Yep. And uh, so, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. We're going to have to at some point, um, we're going to have to do that kind of thing as well. And that's not an easy thing. You got to get got to be good at selecting in the draft. You got to make some trades. You got to. Uh, be a destination that people want to come to and um, and you got to be a little lucky let's be honest uh, so I don't know I don't know if we can do that uh, keep up the pace but I will tell you this uh, it won't be because we didn't weren't trying we're going to continue to try as hard as we can and do everything we can to win for our fans in the Bay Area and um, we just want to be as, as good an organization as we can and, and try to, to win as much as possible and do as much in the community as we can and we'll let's just see what happens. All right, Joe, I will end this with a version of the question I've asked you many times. I, th- I don't know if I've asked you this one, or at least not recently. Joe, what's your favorite movie right now? Oh, wow. Um, well, um, I have to say this uh, Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. I pretty, was going to say Pretty that. interesting. I was going to guess that one. Pretty interesting. Yeah, pretty interesting. But I will say, from a, I watch a lot of uh, TV series, as you know. I'm watching season two of Winning Time. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I knew that one. I knew that one. You, yeah, you... and and I know some people said it wasn't as good as season one. Perhaps I'm loving it. Uh, I think it's so entertaining. Whether it's factual or not, I don't entirely know. But I knew it. I know it's entertaining. <laughs> you, the Lakers is a fascinating story right now, uh, just for everyone in history. And I think, you know, I'm not watching it. You know, kind of why I'm not watching it. I'm going to watch it at some point. I don't want to get aggravated by that first season, but um, I will watch it. <laughs> I've heard enough. I know you guys watch it a lot. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's well, part the hard of his. Part is, what's interesting, Tim, is you know, through the years, obviously, we and I uh, know a lot of those people, and yep. look, in some of the cases, uh, the the, the character, the uh, the portrayal, is, you know, seems pretty accurate, and in some, maybe not. But I don't think you can get too caught up in all that. Remember, this is entertainment; it's not yeah. intended to be a, a documentary per se. And I just think we all have to kind of, you know, eventually they'll do stories about Warriors, maybe if we're so lucky. And you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's not exactly how it was. Look, it's people get to write their own interpretations of these things. Oh, it puts you down on record. The, the the producers of the future Warriors documentary and and, and series are going to want to hear that one. So it's all good. There <laughs> well, will be Joe. There will be. There is no we'll question. We'll about it. We should no question. we should be so lucky. We need to continue to do a a great job like the Lakers did and and uh, continue to perform and 
and you know we'll see what happens all right, Joe, we got through it. We got through the technical difficulties. Uh, you know, well, actually, I shouldn't say that until I know it's been recorded, but I'm pretty sure it's been recorded. Uh, we figured it <laughs> out. Uh, there were some Wi-Fi uh, trickiness, but uh, we still we were determined. We put our heads down and we did it. So I'm very glad. Thank you for being on the show as always. Great talking to you. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, uh, doing this. We, you know, not that all publicity is good publicity, but we like the fact that you uh, still showing some interest in us with the 49ers uh, <laughs> off no. starting their season off. I know that's taking a lot of your time. So it thank does. It does. Minutes on the Warriors. I always got to cut some time off for the Warriors, though. But no, it's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it's two very interesting things, and and I'm glad to do them both. All right, Joe. Everybody, right. that's the show for today. Thanks so much. Thank you.